All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We are here with pro baller Alasia Lane, all the way from Portugal. Alasia, you are you are living it up out on like a patio, a a like backyard in 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 beautiful Portugal, while we are freezing in Minnesota. So, welcome <laughs> to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We well, we and we have so much to get into, but first, I just want to ask you know, we were talking just before we got recording that you've been in Portugal for like a month and a half now. But I'm super curious, how did that opportunity come together? How did you sort of first hear about it? And then, you know, what were some of the thoughts of like, what is this club? What is this league? T talk about how you know this most recent opportunity came together. Yeah, so I heard about this opportunity December 10th, and mm -hmm. then a month before, I think that's where I signed to my agency. And once I heard about it, I was just really proud because I feel like in women's soccer, you just have to start somewhere. And yes. You just have to get there and then you could just um, go up through the rankings to them. Right. But um, to start off in like Portugal, I, I think that's great. <laughs> I'm very grateful. <laughs> there's there's less quote unquote cool places to start than Portugal. Portugal is pretty damn cool. That's that's. It, We'll, we will definitely get into it. So tell us about, you know, so what's the name of your club? I know it, we tweeted it out from equal time, but talk about sort of when you heard about the opportunity and you heard like, okay, well, this is the club name. Did you like Google the yeah. city and like, where am I going? What's going on? Yes. I, I started like stalking everything. So I know I still can't say the name right in Portuguese, but it's like Valadares or, uh -huh. or Valadarish or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, and then uh, Gaia FC. Um, they're in Liga BPI. Okay. So that's kind of like how I knew, but I kind of focused on like, okay, who was the coach? Who was the mm -hmm. team? How did the team like play? I mm -hmm. didn't really like focus much about like the league. Right. Right. So and and so is this is this like the second tier in Portugal? Then you said you said at least something related to B, or is it the top tier in Portugal? It's the it's D one. Nice. That's sweet. That's great. And so you've, you've been over there for long enough now that I'm sure you've sort of been out in the city a little bit. What's the city itself like and sort of what, how's the adjustment been? Have you settled in at all? Um, I've been settling in. I'm not really so much homesick, but um, Porto, Portugal, that's the city about um, like a 10 minute train ride. Okay. I was just over today having brunch, but it was, it's amazing. And it's way better than the pictures. Yeah. So you're in like a suburb of Porto? Uh, we're kind of like in a beach city. Yeah. So I know about a 20 minute walk that way mm -hmm. is where the beach is. That's so, that's so we're kind of like on the coast. So a, a beach city, you could do a lot worse. So what's what's the weather like right there? I joke that it's warmer than here, but that's just a guarantee. But what's <laughs> what's the weather like? Is it actually warm enough for you to like actually go? Or are you waiting yeah. maybe until spring? It is warm enough to go. So right now we're kind of near the closing of like their winter season. Mm -hmm. So I think the coldest it gets here was like 42 degrees. Right. But we're about to hit the 60s here uh, this coming week. Nice. That would so, be. Yeah. If you were home, that'd be like shorts weather. Yeah. My mom was telling me how it's always been like negative two, negative three. And then I'm like in 55 degree weather. <laughs> so well and you mentioned you're in a coastal city I think you know you you grew up in Minnesota playing at Shattuck but since then 
you went to Rutgers out on the East Coast, you went to Gonzaga on the West Coast, now you're in Portugal. Is there some like contract you signed where you can only live in coastal places now? What's the deal? Yeah, well, ever since I was a kid, my mom always told me it's a huge world out there. So go discover like everything. And I think throughout my soccer journey, especially on before I went to Shattuck, I was on ECNL. So we would go over like all over the country to play soccer. And then now like going to college from like both coasts, it's like you see the world so differently. And now being being out of the United States is like my first country I've ever been to Uh out of the U.S., so it's just a whole different perspective here compared to the U.S. Well, so I'm, I, like I'm grateful to have this experience. Yeah, that's I, I mean, that's what all the all the women we have on the shows who do those overseas stints in the pro leagues. I mean, that's a big part of the the opportunity is obviously I want to play. I want to grow my career. But also if I get to experience a different culture, that's you know, that's a really sort of cool part of it as well. And you I'm assuming since you weren't like aiming for Portugal specifically that you don't have any like background and ability in like Portuguese and that stuff. So for you, are there any other internationals on the team? Like, are there any other, you know, like players that you can converse with super easily other than, you know, you you trying to bone up on your Portuguese? Yeah. um, I live with three other um, girls who are from America. Uh And then we also have two more girls, one's from Canada and then we have another girl from America. So like I get to talk to them. Yeah. And then um, I think that's six of the foreigners. And then I think we have one more, but she's from Brazil, but she right. speaks Portuguese. And then some of our teammates, um, I think everyone's been telling me that like the most second common language here is English. Like right. starting from second grade, they start learning English. Mm-hmm. So there's some girls who do speak like very good English. Uh-huh. Are there, of of those other Americans or internationals, did you happen to have like known any of them or know of them? Or was it completely random once you got there? You're like, oh, you played here and I I know of that school or, you know, did you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know them before coming here, but like the schools they went to like seemed pretty like familiar. Mm -hmm. Like are they, so where, like what, which colleges were they from? Um, One's from Syracuse and then Mm -hmm. one went to Maryland. Yeah. So did you ever, did you ever play against the Maryland one then when you were in your big Um, 10 years? My freshman year, uh, we played them. I don't really remember much, but yeah, that was, well, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah. And so, well, and speaking, speaking of your freshman year, I think maybe the first time I saw you play in person or that I remember was actually at like a, the the first salvo tryout for their first WPSL team and I I was there on the sideline or something and everyone kept mentioning like oh that's the best player here that's Alasia Lane like that's oh yeah watch her like keep mm-hmm. an eye on her but you've you've had so many stops since then I mean that was forever ago you you know you were at you were at Rutgers you know you had your stint at Gonzaga you've been balling for salvo a couple summers in the WPSL I know we've had some of your highlights on our Twitter feed but Talk, take us all the way back to when you were in your college search and, you know, how did you end up out in New Jersey at Rutgers to begin with? Um, oh, gosh, I have to go way, way back. That was like junior year of high school. <laughs> um, one thing about the college, um, when you're searching for colleges, it's just you want to be at the best place you can be. Mm-hmm. I, you know, 
Um, oh gosh, you're making <laughs> me think way back. I just I don't remember. I think I like I've been emailing colleges because of ECNL since like middle school. I think that's yeah. how young you start. Right. And then I didn't really commit till junior year. Uh huh. And I think I was just reaching out to various colleges. I think mm-hmm. that's all I could I yeah. remember. And then I would go on um, tours and then yeah. pick whichever one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really quite remember. That's wild. Well, it's, I mean, you do have to start so young. That part is true. Like it's, it's bonkers how young you all start considering stuff like that. So I guess you must have a really healthy perspective. Just like, forget it. Just get it out of there. It's gone. That's great. And you, yeah. And the transfer process has really, I think, opened up slightly since you went through it. I think, you know, the portal and there's slightly more transferring. I think we are always pretty uh, proactive in trying to, like, normalize the transfer process. I I can't believe more players don't transfer. Like you said, you're choosing these colleges when you're, like, 15, 16, and then you get there. Yeah. And just might not be perfect. So, you know, for you, when you went into that transfer process, did you go in sort of wide open of like let's just see where I might be able to land or did you have certain things in mind that you were looking for you know what do you remember about that process um I was just diving right into it like let's see what we have and I think from being here um the rest of the girls who I lived with they also transferred yeah so we were all talking about that experience not too long ago and saying like, oh, yeah, like, I transferred here, I transferred here. And then I was just like, really? And then I kind of thought about like, oh, like, okay, it's okay to transfer. Right. It's okay to go somewhere new and, you know, play soccer somewhere else. Because, you know, when you're like transferring, I think that there's this huge stigma of like, you're not good enough or, right. um, oh, you're, um, you cause all these problems right. on the team. And sometimes it, that's not the case at all. Right. Well, and I think it's especially with the number of players, you know, I've talked to who have been through the process and even ones who didn't transfer, I think people don't really appreciate that a lot of these programs, like across, not just Rutgers, but like any program, when you're talking to the coach and you're getting recruited, a lot of the times, like the expectations you're getting, like based on those conversations can be different by the time you're in the program too. And so yes. like- it's that like from 100% the true. Or like from the player perspective, there's actually a lot of places I've heard of where it's like, well, this was the vibe when I was getting recruited. And then by the time I'm on campus, it's this vibe. I mean, like, uh, you know, so it's it's like there can be times where it's like, dude, I got to get out of here. Like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think one of my teammates told me, I think it's above like 65 ish percent of girls transfer. And women's oh, wow. soccer in college, I th- I think that's what she said, that's, but I I definitely believe it's over fifty percent. Yeah, that sounds super high, but I mean, it I guess it it does it does make sense just because like, and and frankly, there are plenty of situations where like no one quote unquote did anything wrong either. Like there are, there are situations where it just like doesn't fit or like there's no spot for you, and it's like, well, right, I want to play, you know, like I need I I want to get minutes, so. And so when you landed at Gonzaga, how did, how did those conversations start or how did, you know, what drew you to eventually choosing uh, Gonzaga? Oh gosh. You're making me go back again. <laughs> like a couple years ago. Um, I think for one, it kind of reminded me of Shattuck. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a small school. 
mm-hmm. where it's a small like knit community where like big opportunities could happen and I think I was just drawn to that yeah and I think with my experience on Gonzaga I learned a lot mm-hmm. from being there I think on the field and off the field mm-hmm. um that I definitely have like life lessons that'll definitely like care with me for the rest of my life yeah what are what are some of the big things you you took away from there that you were like oh this is I didn't realize this is how I would grow or this is what I would realize you know what mm-hmm. are some things that you, what are some of those specific things you you sort of took away um you can only control the controllables um one thing in college soccer in general that each player um can get frustrated with is playing time and you can't mm-hmm. control playing time at all that's the coach's decision mm-hmm. and it's also the coach's decision to put out whoever they want on the field regardless right. of whatever circumstance it is yeah and one thing i had to learn is like if you truly love this sport you will give everything you have every single day and I think with me, ever since I, I was a kid, I think my parents always instilled a, instilled me of like, keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. Uh-huh. So that's what I did during college. And then I knew I, I always wanted to go, you know, pro. Uh-huh. So I kind of just said like, okay, just keep practicing, keep working hard, keep improving each year, no matter what happens in college. And uh-huh. um, I'm really happy I did that. Yeah. And I that's- kept focusing. Like there are times where... Um, I, I mean, I call my mom every day, but I would call my mom like crying some days and like, yeah. <laughs> wondering if I could do it. And then um, mm-hmm. you just have to keep loving the game more than anything else. And right. I think that's what kept me going. And, you know, now I'm here. So. Yeah. Well, that it's it is funny that you mentioned like the if you knew early on that you always wanted to play pro. I, I feel like maybe that was also helpful for you then, because you if you. Because I think a lot of players, once they're in the pro level, one of the things I hear most frequently is sort of the difference between college and the pro is just that you really have to just, you are every day is just focused on your game, you know, like, and that can be true in college too, but in college, you also have classes, maybe other jobs, Mm -hmm. all these other things, you know, you have, you're still getting used to like living on your own, whatever. And so by the time you're in the pros, like you, you just have to every day work on something of your game of like, keep growing, keep growing build on your progress from the day before over and over and over. And so I think maybe you knowing that so early also helped you be in a good mind space of like, listen, I'm in for the long haul. So for me to get there, I got to keep grinding. It's like, if, you know, if you really, you want to be a pro, maybe that helped you have a good mindset sort of as a college player, even when things weren't going, you know, perfectly or whatever. Mm -hmm, Definitely. It starts when you're young, like even like middle school or before middle school. Yeah. That's why that's you keep. It's so funny. I keep asking you questions from like three years ago and you keep going back even farther to middle school. (laughs) You really should. Well, yeah, from memories like I know of like throughout my life, not with like college recruitment or anything. (laughs) Well, well, and I, I just have to imagine and maybe you just don't remember because you didn't end up at these places, but you performed well as, as a young player at Rutgers. I mean, like I, you know, you did well, you were, you know, freshman of the week and all these things like you got accolades and you were performing and getting minutes so I have to imagine when you were transferring even with the sort of bullshit stigma that shouldn't be there with transfer players I have to imagine a lot of programs were probably talking to you but do you remember was it was it crazy like were you hearing from just tons of schools or or were you more sort of you proactively Um, reaching out 
I think it was, I reached out to a lot, but mm-hmm. um, I had minimal results. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So, did you, did um, you ever, did you ever think about trying to come to the U or was that never a fit? No. Like, 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 like I said before, I think my mom said like, there's tons of other places you can go. Yeah. Like you don't have to like be in Minnesota. You don't have to be home. And I think I was just really attracted to that idea. Right. Well, in Gonzaga, it's cool to just like live in that part of the country and whatever and experience something new. Yeah. 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 The Pacific Northwest was definitely a different experience compared to being on the East Coast. Yeah. Especially how the people talk and socialize and like how they operate in general is very different. Yeah. So you got to see like two whole different worlds, but having those experiences, like you can, I can go to like Portugal and then I can be like, it can remind you of like people that you experienced back in the U S and you just know how to maneuver around. Right. Right. Well, I'm going to take a quick break just to let folks know that this week's episode is brought to you by Pence Homes. You see them on the scroller down below. They are in the tweet. Pence Homes is a real estate team with Keller Williams. I personally have experience working with Nate and Lydia. They helped us sell our other house and move into the house I am coming to you from right now. Um, Nate's been a supporter of the local soccer community, including as an owner of Minnesota Aurora. Nate is is one of the the owners there. Um, my wife and I also enjoyed working with one of their preferred lenders, Angie Shear with Luminate Financing. Her and her team were fantastic, super responsive. So if viewers or listeners need help with buying or selling a home, need a furnace replaced because we're in the middle of winter, whatever, uh, go to penshomes.com or find them on Twitter, uh, reach out and give them a question. And so, Alasia, one, you know, one thing I've seen you talk about in interviews before, too, is sort of your connection with your brother and sort of what he means to you and um, you know, the relationship you two have just talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I think, you know, when I've, when I've seen you speak about it before, it was just such a cool, um, a cool thing to hear about. Yeah. So me and my brother were really close. Oh, you brought back a nice core memory. <laughs> uh, so fun fact, I do call my brother, brother, his, um, real name is Winston Elliott Lane, the third, but I call him brother ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So um, my brother, he played like three sports growing up. Um, I'm the one who started soccer first and then he like eventually got into soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but his main sport was baseball and that was like the best sport. Mm-hmm. And so then I think whatever my brother did, I did, which was like everything. And then he also like helps me with soccer, especially with 1v1s. Mm-hmm. And um, he's someone I look up to because he never gives up. And mm-hmm. he is also deaf. Mm-hmm. So I think um, there's signs where, like, he can also, like, struggle. But he keeps, like, working hard. Especially mm-hmm. in a – you're a deaf person in a hearing world. There's right. huge stigmas, especially with, like, sports. Mm-hmm. And I think he defies all that. So mm-hmm. I think that's really inspiring to help me, like, keep going and keep, mm-hmm. like, pursuing. Yeah. And you – I mean, there there was an interview, and I think it was, you know, with – maybe the, um, when you were at Gonzaga or something, or, you know, I saw where you said, it's like, he's, he's already having to live as a black man in America. And then he's also deaf on top of that. And it's like the, to deal with like, you know, uh, with like systemic racism at, at every turn or just constant, you know, barrier on your life, which, which you've had to fight against too, I'm sure. But then add, you know, ableism and, and all those things that go with, you know, 
like you said, it's a like living in a hearing world and being deaf, like all those things. So when you spoke about that, it just really hit me. It's like the the respect you have for someone who who lives that burden. And you obviously live part of that, too. But it's yeah, that was just super meaningful. And I, I thought that was really especially your two connections like you light up just even thinking about them is so cool. Yeah. Um, fun fact, like whenever we play 1v1, it's always World War Three because we're all super, we're both super competitive, <laughs> especially if we're playing like FIFA. <laughs> so. you, well, what's, I mean, you're, so are you, you take a lot of pride in your FIFA skills then? Is that what we're hearing? Um, I used to be really good, but then I went to college, so I'm kind of like, okay now. And I pro- I'll probably not be so good when I go home. <laughs> so, but my brother's not on the... Um, he's not in video games too because he didn't bring his PlayStation to college, so you know. Yeah. Um, so we're both not going to be uh, at the levels we want to be when we go home. But is, you're gonna you're gonna have to put in the reps when you get back. You'll have to put in the exactly. Rep. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know at least during your college years, another thing I saw you speak about was you know that you you're a musician. You played multiple instruments like the piano, the viola. Um, so I'm super curious if you work these musical elements into your contract, like did, you know, do we, did you have to get an apartment with the piano in it? Do we have a team supplied viola? Like what's the, what's the situation over there in Portugal? Oh no, sadly there's no music over here. So I have to wait to, I get to my piano back at home. (laughs) Yeah, There's well. And so is that something where you just, it was a nice outlet sort of like a, you know, a way to change gears from, you know, the athletic side and just a hobby? Or did you, you know, specifically, do you try and do, you know, do you try and perform? Or is it something more for yourself of like, just having that a part of your life? Um, It's more for myself to have that part of life. I feel like no matter what you, no matter what job you have, I feel like it's so helpful to have an outlet, Mm -hmm. especially if it's like creative. I know like one of my teammates, like she likes to color her feelings. Yeah, <laughs> like like day to day or like every like couple days per week. But um, I mm-hmm. think with like music, I started playing the piano when I was four before I started soccer when I was five. Mm-hmm. So um, just having like piano, I think piano and the viola and also soccer kind of go hand in hand for me. So because yeah. when you're like working with the ball, I always listen to music. I'm I'm a music freak and like. Uh-huh. Um, hearing like the rhythm and then your feet kind of goes along with the rhythm too. And I also did dance for like four or five years. So I think having all those creative outlets definitely helped me with my sport. Not like it, it didn't help everything with my sport. You know, you still have to practice every day, but um, yeah. I think it kind of brings out your creative side. What kind of, what kind of dance were you into? What kind of stuff were you, cause six years, that's a long time. So you were doing a lot of stuff. What kind of dance were you doing? We did like, ballet tap and jazz from what I can remember and then we would like practice you know all year and then we would perform on um Mother's Day yeah nice but well and so what's what's your jam when you're listening to music and training like you said when you're doing ball work or you're doing individual work you're always listening to music what kind of stuff do you have on the playlist um oh goodness um I'm I can listen to every genre of music, but country. I'm not really much of a country person. Yeah. So I'll be playing like Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder one day. And then another day I can play like Beethoven or Mozart. And then I can go into rap music by like um, Tupac, Kendrick Lamar. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I'm I'm very old school with my music, so I'm kind of just all over the place. Yeah, so. nice. Well, then we we have some fun stuff to wrap up with, but before that, I also want to get into you know if folks haven't you know watched you play or haven't been able to watch you since you were playing in Minnesota or or whatever you know, talk a little bit about sort of the role you have on the team or where you're playing, you know, sort of how does the team you're with play on the field? And then where do you fit within, you know, that system? So here in Portugal is very interesting. Um, They play very creatively. They play in the air and um, they really love their wingers to be on the inside, not too close to the ninth position or the center forward, but kind of be in and then Mm -hmm. um, kind of, kind of float wide and like inside a lot more um uh-huh. so we kind of have like the freedom to do a lot of things out wide which is which is nice because being um a wide forward you kind of want that space to like isolate yourself for like 1v1s and yeah. for me I'm playing um the winger uh-huh. so um the role I play there um from what the coach told me um go like go 1v1 and produce goals and like assists for the team really yeah. and that's what I like to do are you all in like a 4-3-3 or what kind of setup do you all have we have a 4-3-3 and one thing I think is very interesting whenever there's a goal kick um for the other team we like to go into like a 4-2-4 so one of our center mids will go up so uh-huh. we're kind of like man marking the whole back line, which I thought yeah. was very different compared to um, soccer back in America. We wouldn't really do that. So you're like you're like pressing up. Yeah, we would press up super high. Yeah. Are you or like do you like playing like that? Have you have you run a press before? Do you like playing like that? Um, I like that better because everyone is man marking um, mm-hmm. back in college. You know, it'll be three girls chasing one defender at each time so you will get this way you're less tired so Uh, I like this way better do you and when you're when you're on that wing do you like playing on the right or left better you know do you like to be able to invert or like what's you know what's the stuff you're looking to sort of what's your go-to uh go-to vibe up there um well I play with both feet so it doesn't really matter which side I'm on Mm -hmm. as long as I can use both feet um I really like moving and like making runs deep and behind yeah or like I want to have the ball on my feet so I can dribble at players yeah so either one is and is there is there an easy way if folks wanted to our games streamed at all is there a way to watch the games like I'm sure your parents asked yeah, you question so, signed. yeah so to watch our games I think only our league games streamed I don't know yep. which game will be um streamed but it's just a league game but I don't know which game is considered a league game I know we have a game tomorrow but I'm not sure yet if it's streamed or not yeah but if it is you go on YouTube and you type in canal 11 c-a-n-a-l and then the number 11 yeah and then you'll be able to see um our games that's awesome. That's, I mean, cause honestly, that can be one of the tough things too. Leagues don't always have games available. It's not always easy to get good tape. Like even for you as a player of like, use this as a launching pad and, you know, like get tape for other teams and stuff. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So Alasia, I, I'm sure you watch every episode of equal time shows. I'm sure you've seen every single one. So you are very aware of my favorite segment, which is called the internet set it. And no one else has, 
No one else has ever told me they like this segment, but it's my favorite, so I continue to do it. This is where I find things that the internet has said about you, and we verify it for our viewers. Don't worry, you have very accomplished, respectable internet uh, of your of yourself, Malaysia. So the well, that's good because I don't have social media at all, so I I don't know what people would say. (laughs) this This is so. The first one, we'll just jump right in. The first one is that you are an accomplished journalist, or at least you are an award-winning aspiring journalist. You won the Patricia Fisher Scholar. You were a Patricia Fisher Scholar in 2020 out in Seattle. (laughs) And talk about, uh, so talk about that, because I will say when you initially started at Rutgers, not that this means anything, I think then you told them you might be a chemistry major. And so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the change to journalism. I think that's great. So talk, talk a little bit about sort of how you, why you pursued that major and, um, and sort of going for, going for that award or maybe just your interest in journalism. <laughs> okay, so um, it's very interesting. I didn't expect myself to be in that position. Um, I always loved chemistry like during high school and I thought I was like good at it. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really declare a major freshman year. Yeah. So then when I went over to Gonzaga, I was saying, okay, let me just do a biology major and see how I like that. Then I took an actual like chemistry class mm-hmm. um, when I was at Gonzaga and it, it was not what I wanted. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so then I was like, okay, like what else do I like to do? And I, and I always love to write. Mm-hmm. And I love being like creative and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, like, let's just try journalism. Yeah. And so then I remember um, I took this class, History of Journalism, with my professor, Susan English. She's such a great professor. Mm-hmm. And she's also my advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during February. I think it was during February, during Black History Month. We, mm-hmm. She talked about um, the Black press and what Black journalists did throughout you know, throughout time. And I became so inspired that mm-hmm. I went home and then I researched all that I can about it. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love. And then that, that's when I fell in love with journalism. And then um, my professor, Susan English, she's the one who mentioned this like award mm-hmm. before saying like, oh, hey, like try it out, like scholarship money, whatever, yeah. like try it, go do it. And so then I was like, okay, sure. Why not? So then I just wrote, did whatever requirements they wanted and then I remember it was the summer I was actually um training I was running um in the backyard of where I live um and then I got the email while I was running I was like oh my gosh (laughs) it's great (laughs) that's so cool well and it's it's put on by you know the I think it's the Seattle Association of Black Journalists or or you know that group in Seattle and so Mm -hmm. it's so it's so cool to you know like you said to to help young folks get into that field too. I've, I kind of have a journalism background, but for you, I, I guess I will also say, obviously, Alasia, if you ever want to do any work for equal time, the offer is on the table. So just be, be oh, prepared. Thank you. So just, just <laughs> we would, we would love to have you, you would immediately give us, uh, I think 10 times the credibility we have now. So if, if you're ever game, oh. you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, also, um, I'm also doing a master's online, um, American Journalism Online at NYU. So I start in the fall. Oh, my gosh. So that's I, got, I got into that program. Yeah. So I'm that's really excited cool. to start 
so it probably helped me solidify with what I actually want to do with journalism. Yeah. So, because I, I, I don't know yet. That is wild. I, NYU is, I think, a really, really respected program for that, right? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really uh, grateful I got in. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And so we, I'm also going to include this next bit in the internet set it because technically the internet was involved with me researching it and no, and no one cares about how I define this segment. So we're just going to consider it the same thing. Alasia, we have five of the questions you were asked and given how the start of this interview went, I think this will actually end up being very entertaining because you do not seem to remember a lot of things in your life. You were, (laughs) well, yeah, not the college years. I I have five (laughs) and I have five. So I have five of the questions that you were asked right when you started your Rutgers career. And I'm going to ask you those same questions and then we will see if they match up. So, so I picked five of those questions. So the first one would be, what three things would you bring to a deserted island? Oh, gosh. Um, my phone. <laughs> well, yeah, my phone. Oh, gosh, it won't work. But yeah, my phone. Definitely a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely be a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. Um, keep me, it can keep me entertained for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then, oh gosh, um, I think another one, my mom, cause she's very smart and she'll keep me company and keep me comforted during like the struggle. <laughs> like, so she's probably the only person that could keep me calm. So yeah. I would say my mom. <laughs> That's the, first of all, this is adorable because you did say your mom the first time too. This is like, you, you're getting so many points with your mom with this show right now. You, yeah. so, you're, so you're first, you, and by the way, you almost matched what you said when you were a freshman. You said your mom. Oh, really? What did I say? You said your mom, a soccer ball, and a hammock. So you traded in oh, your hammock. hammock. But you could, but you know what, Alasia, you could make a hammock. You don't need to bring a hammock. That's your true. Phone, your, phone, your phone is a good call. That's a good, so you made a good upgrade. So the next question is what is your favorite TV show, music, and food? That's a that's a big question, but you basically oh, listen- it's it's gonna be the same. I already know this. Okay, so okay. Michael Jackson's my favorite, and then uh-huh. food is pizza, and then favorite TV show, Family Matters. I you nailed it, and I was gonna, yeah. When that I hasn't changed. I love that you are repping Family Matters, man. I there might be yes. you might be the only like twenty three year old who's repping Family Matters. <laughs> No, it like uh, when I was a kid, my mom showed me Family Matters, Smart Guy, Sister Sister, Fresh yes. Prince of Bel Air, all those shows back in the nineties. I mean, a different these are, world, different I mean, shows. Are, That's way back. I mean, these are staple shows. These are these are monster hits. So they they do live mm-hmm. on. For yes, sure. I will always rep them. <laughs> I do. Any of your teammates, if you if you just randomly wouldn't talk to a teammate, would any of them know about Family Matters? I doubt it. You're going <laughs> to you're going to introduce it to them. That's what you can do. Oh gosh. I mean, I don't know. I think their Family Matters is on Hulu and I don't think I get Hulu over here. Right. Right. So I'll probably have to wait till I'm back in the state. It's going to be a challenge. So, next one is if you had a walkout song, what would it be? Oh. Um I have two. It's either Bad by Michael Jackson or Survivor by Destiny's Child. Oh my, you nailed it again. That, those were your answers then. Oh, really? Yeah. 
You are yeah, great. I don't think I changed much since college. You you are consistent. You are consistent. This one, I this one is especially great considering what you mentioned. You are not a very online or a social media focused person, but what social media platform is your favorite? Oh. Um I think back then I think I would have said Snapchat. Yep. You did. But um I don't really have anything else. So yeah. <laughs> I'm probably gonna stick with Snapchat because I didn't talk to my friend. Are you are you still living that Snapchat life now? Yeah, I still yeah, I used to talk to my friends since I don't have um right. Instagram or anything. <laughs> right. Nice. And the last question was, are there any fun facts about you? So this is kind of hard for you to duplicate, but where, what do you think you would have said, or what would you say now if I said any fun facts? Um, I, I would always say like, I play two instruments. I used to dance. Uh huh. Um, I really love the arts. So I really love going to plays. Yeah. And my third play would be the Lion King. That, th that was your answer. Oh really? <laughs> you are, Alasia, you are an incredibly consistent person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You this is great. We can and Alasia, we will not take any more of your time. I think viewers can tell how committed you are. We have taken you from daylight to sundown. You you've been committed this whole time. Yeah. As uh thanks so much for joining us. Good luck in Portugal. How long are you how long are you over there? What how long is your stint? Um until later in June. Okay. I want to say. So nice. A couple that's, months from now. That's that's when Minnesota maybe gets to have you back. That's when Minnesotans can maybe expect you back in the on the home ground. Yeah, plus it'll be warm. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And you'll be able to just tell everyone about the beaches of Portugal. You'll be big dogging mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah, I've been taking thousands of pictures, so I can't wait to show my family and everything. I love it. Well, Alasia, thank you so much. Alasia Lane playing over in Portugal in, as she describes it, a beautiful beach town, just li just living the dream. Um, and thanks so much for joining us, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you for having me.